Hi, welcome to the Career Refresh Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Griffin. I'm a former media and marketing executive turned career strategist and executive coach. I spent my career working my way up and through the ranks of global organizations and startups. And today I show others how to do the same. Join me each week as we discuss the strategies and actionable steps to leverage your strengths, increase your confidence, and develop your career well-being. Ready? Let's do it. Hi there. Welcome back. I'm recording this episode in early July, and this is just a reminder to you that it's summer, at least in many parts of the world. And that means that we need you outside. We need you to be doing the things that make you happy and that you're not overworking and spending so much time. If you're in an office or if you're in your home office, that you're actually getting out and enjoying it because it goes fast. And before we know it, the weather will change again. And there's the next beautiful season, sure. But I just feel like summer is just such a good time to unwind and relax and just kind of have unstructured time. So I really hope that y'all are taking that and considering that seriously. And if you haven't taken those summer Fridays and put in for those days off, this is your friend and the gentle reminder to get on it because before you know it, like I said, it's going to be pumpkin season. Um, again, at least through a U.S. angle. So today I want to talk about team dynamics and as a former employee, you know, I've worked both in large global holding companies. I've also worked in startups. And I just, you know, it's just such an interesting thing to me. I also feel that there are themes and I'm fortunate enough to work with so many clients that all of a sudden by Friday, I'm like, wait, there was actually a theme again this week. How is this happening? And we're hiring people who, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing them together to either create a team or have complementary skill sets. And we put them in groups of people to perform a task, right? So it's like one pound of pressure, two cups of marketplace condition, two cups of a pandemic, a big scoop of stress, <laughs> right? So we have all the ingredients to make a team who is challenged, but is also, you know, working well together and working towards accomplishing goals while maintaining a high productivity level, um, ideally profitability and, you know, strong morale and well-being. And what I'm seeing is that, you know, team dynamics seems to have been the thing that took so much time, both pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic, because think about it, we're all hired and we're trying to figure out the realities of the department, right? We're bringing what we knew from our last jobs into our current jobs. Now, we're in a pandemic or post-pandemic. Again, I'm just going to call it post-pandemic, even though I know it's still going on in some places, but let's just think about it as a post. So what are the new realities of new norm, right? Whether we're full-time in the office, whether we're full-time working from home, whether there's a, there's a fixed or a hybrid schedule or it changes weeks or it's team A versus team B, it's been challenging for people to connect, to build, and to make well-working teams. It doesn't have to be. And, you know, if you also think about the people who were employed pre-COVID and they were working together, and even if they were working from home, they had a common language. There was a familiarity with each other, and they also had a way of communication. But now it's been two plus years, and most of us would agree that we are very different today than what who we were before, um, what we were doing before. Maybe the, the crux of our job has shifted or changed, or maybe we shifted jobs in this time. So when we really think about 
who we were as a working team. And then we hired people during the pandemic and many of them felt like they were sort of lost in the metaverse. They were learning a new culture, but it was a very one-dimensional experience, right? Because that culture was either on Zoom or Teams or Hangouts, right? It was all done in video. So over the next, today's episode and the next episode, I'm going to talk about some of the core pieces of team dynamics. And I'm also going to share tips on how to really think about the cultural assimilation, how to reassimilate and bring teams together at whatever the cadence is, but we want to be making sure that we're keeping well-being and morale and, you know, want to be happy. I mean, people, what I hear time and time again is that people want to do a good job. They want to make good money or in a fair wage for the, you know, the contribution and their compensation are congruent. They want to have some fun, maybe some laughs, maybe, you know, please their clients, please their boss, and go home and then be with the people they choose to spend their time with, the people in their lives, right? And it seems like a really simple ask, but the more that we're working at a fast pace with the velocity of business and the pressure on so many of us, and then, you know, you listen to the economist and what they're saying, is there a recession? Is there not a recession? Well, the more we talk about a recession, even if it economically doesn't hit a recession, it's in our mindset of a recession. And then at least again, in the US, the job numbers are showing that unemployment is super low and something like 4 million people resigned in May by choice, right? They weren't quitting. They weren't taking unemployment. They they resigned. So what is going on out there? All of this is coming together and having an impact on team dynamics. So the first thing that I want to say about team dynamics is trust. So this is the biggest factor when separating high-performing teams from average teams. The foundation of trust for me and from what I've seen in the work I do in team dynamics in lots of organizations is about creating clear team values, right? So when we're all working and aligned from the same values, things make sense. We know how to prioritize. We know how to make effective decisions and we're creating, you know, we're reducing microaggressions. We're reducing tension, uh, miscommunication, missed deadlines, when you're seeing reduced productivity, when you're seeing those tensions, all of that is usually connected to a breakdown of trust. So pre-pandemic, um, I've been a remote working because you know because I work for myself. So I've been a remote employee, if you want to look at it that way, or a remote worker for over five years. And pre-pandemic, I was brought into an organization to really they were a startup to really help them think about how. They wanted to build a remote team based on their business structure. They felt that it was best to not actually pay the overhead for an office and their talent was very geographically dispersed um, throughout Europe and the United States. So for them, having a remote working team was the best thing. So first what I did is I went and I worked with leadership to create a short list of values that really aligned to who they were as a company. And then we worked with the broader team to clarify what those values meant in their own words, right? So the, we brought the team members in after we had sort of a short list and we created examples about how those values would look in action, like do this, not that. And each team member was asked to sort of think in possibility as that how they would personally uphold those values. So again, we we had, we looked at everything that was possible. We got down to a short list of values. We then brought it to the team and we had them solidify what which of those values and basically vote on them. And then we move forward with about five values that were really core to the team that helped, again, in their decision-making, 
in it minimizing conflict, minimizing um, any miscommunication, and increasing productivity, profitability, the high performance that, that we were looking for. So that was all based on values. And what's really interesting is then, uh, maybe like 18 months later, they were acquired. And while it was bumpy merging the two cultures, they brought me back in to think about how these two cultures can merge together, right? So the smaller company is often expected to fold into the larger company without any guidelines, without any conversations, without any support. It's kind of like just get in line. And then the larger company is thinking, well, you know, I gave you a big check and you agreed to be purchased, but we need to make sure that the larger company understands that they purchased the smaller company for what they could bring to the table. And the smaller company is emerging into the larger company because they also like what they be brought to the table, right? And I'm using the words smaller and larger. They could also be the same size, but it's like the acquired and the acquiree, right? They both appreciated what the other company brought to the table. So the point here is not to squash that. And it's not just within the product lines and the platforms that they're working within. It's also in the people. So making sure that if there are cultural norms, that you're setting up a committee, you know, an employee resource group, you're bringing people from both teams together to really think about that. Um, You know, in my work, really shaping that out and blending the values of both companies so that each each side or each you know acquiree or acquirer had an opportunity to feel like their voice was heard and that they had a stake in the company moving forward. So it was a really great example of what's possible when you get really clear on your values. Alternatively, I am watching another company that I've also been brought in to work with that they, again, acquired a smaller company, but they are so misaligned, which again, thank goodness, they've brought in an expert like me and they brought in a few other experts, especially around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, but that they are so misaligned that they are still having different days off, meaning company A has different holidays than company B. So it's a complete train wreck because something like most recently, like Juneteenth, Half the company had off and half the company didn't. It's such a misalignment of values and not making sure that you're really pausing and thinking these through. The merger is not just about the economics, people. We have to make sure that if we are aware of a merger in our company, that we step up as leaders and say, how are we bringing this together? And it's not just the job of HR. And you know, sometimes it's called people growth or growth officer. It's really bringing in the employee resource group. And I always recommend that there is a neutral outside facilitator like myself that is going to help you blend these things, right? The next thing that we think about in team dynamics is really having an open structure for feedback. I've said many times in this podcast that I am not a fan of annual reviews because I feel like it's like, ta-da, like here it's a surprise. There should be no surprises. We should be giving feedback on a regular basis. And I I always recommend, you know, there there is a book um, by the founder of Netflix um, and a woman, Erin Myers, um, that is around the, the no rules rules, the Netflix culture. And this is the deployed feedback of the four A's. One, You want to aim the feedback so that it assists. You want to make sure that the feedback is actionable. And if you're the recipient of the feedback, is you appreciate it? Because again, it takes 
It takes sometimes courage for someone to come up and give that feedback. So you want to appreciate that they're giving you that constructive feedback, and then you get to accept or discard it. When you're putting this feedback and making it known that this is the way we approach, again, it reduces microaggressions. Your team starts performing at a much greater issue because they all have an agreed upon way of communicating. And then the last one that I'll talk about for this episode is clear communication. Okay, so um, a friend of mine calls it an EBI, an even better if, and it's this idea that we know when to call, when to when to use email, when to use Slack, so that we're not using, you know, one of the worst things I've seen, and you've, I'm sure you've heard about it too, is people coming back into the office, but then all using Zoom and not actually communicating. If you're coming back into the office, this should be a time for IRL in real life communications, or even if you're just meeting with your team to be having you know, maybe even lunch together, that you're using the time because you're physically coming together in a different way. And this idea of an even better if is like, is really thinking about if people are working in the office versus not, it's thinking about how are you using technology and when are we using Slack versus email? When are we, what, what, um, what productivity software are we using? You know, Hello Monday, are we using Asana? Are we using um, ClickUp? What software are we using to track our project management? Are we using Google Docs? Are we using OneDrive? Like, what are we using and doing in order to create? Because the ability to, like, what I've seen recently is what I call the punters, right? An email goes out and says, Hey, I'm looking for this. And everyone then starts writing back and saying, oh, you know, Emily can help up. Oh, Aaron can help. Oh, Jill can help. But no one's actually giving the answer. And it was what I saw was it was 21 emails over 10 hours to get an answer. And that is a really bad example of even better if, right? Why? Because it's a it's a culture of punters. It's a culture of like, well, I did my job. I, I pushed the email along. I connected them versus making sure that the punting was going on. The person was actually out of the office on holiday, so they weren't responding, and that's what added to this situation. But it's going that extra step. It's it's the other thing that I see that is also mildly maddening is a client writes an email and says, um, I'd really like to get together on Friday. And then you have you know 10 people on the email, and everyone responds with, well, I can do one to three, and I can do 10 to 12, right? It's really bad practice. If, if a client is writing something like that, it's our job as their service um, offering and their service providers to make sure that we bring order and reduce the chaos. So getting together with your colleagues and, and doing a busy search of calendars and then getting back to the client and offering a chunk of time. I know these feel like they're really duh factors and like, I can't believe you're actually telling me this. I'm telling you this because we we really do things that reduce our productivity when we're not thinking aligned as a team and everyone's just trying to get something done and it creates so many microaggressions and frustrations with people versus pausing and taking the time and thinking it through. And all it requires is one or two people to step up and start to change that behavior. And then where I've worked with teams is also writing in, well, what are those EBIs? What are those even better ifs? That we're not just resp- responding, but we're including the link. That we're not just saying, here, here's an article that you should read. We're telling them why we should read. It's going that extra step. But when we start doing it, others start doing it too. Okay, my friends, these are the first ones I'm going to talk about. In next week's episode, I'm going to round out and tell you the other things that I see in Team Dynamic and what you can start doing to improve yours. All right. I appreciate you all so much. If you're looking for support with Team Dynamics, go to my website. There's a corporate 
um, menu. You can get in there, make an appointment with me, and we can talk about what's possible for you, whether it's uh, virtual or in real life. It's all possible, and we can really change the impact of what your team is doing. All right, have a great week, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Career Refresh Podcast. If you're enjoying this and you want more information, go to my website, jillgriffincoaching.com. There you can find information on how to work with me one-on-one or my group programs, or even bring me into your workplace. I'll put the link to my website in the show notes. But hey, listen, before you go, do me a favor, rate and review this podcast because it definitely helps me get the word out to people everywhere so that they can also thrive in the workplace. All right, friends, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon.